Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. Today is Monday, February 5th, six days until the Super Bowl. Coming up... A small band of far-right conservative state senators has drawn the ire of even their fellow Republicans in Missouri. But when it comes to making it harder to change the state constitution to do things like protect abortion rights, could they end up getting exactly what they want? First, it's our weekly look at the latest in state government and politics news on both sides of the state line. Kansas tax collections came in under estimates in January, marking the fourth month in a row that the state missed the target. Daniel Cottle of the Kansas News Service reports. Kansas brought in $928 million in tax revenue last month. That's about 6.5% lower than state estimates. Sales and income taxes missing the forecast were the biggest drivers. The state has a revenue surplus built up in recent years, but has fallen short of monthly estimates since October. Lawmakers want to pass tax cuts this session to return some of the state's surplus to taxpayers. But with Kansas recently on a downward trend, Democratic Governor Laura Kelly says she'll only approve tax cuts that are fiscally responsible. Kansas lawmakers held hearings last week on bills that would affect how campaigns and elections are carried out in the state. A House bill is aimed at stopping people from using artificial intelligence to create false political attack ads. It would bar using AI to generate false images, audio, or video of candidates or public officials for a campaign. Democratic Minority Leader Vic Miller of Topeka is among the bipartisan sponsors. It's scary what could happen to one of us or some of us if someone plays with this nefariously. The bill would allow the general use of AI technology in campaign advertising as long as it is disclosed within the ad. Meanwhile, a Senate bill aims to regulate how communities can vote. It would explicitly outlaw ranked choice voting, which lets voters select multiple candidates in order of preference. Proponents of ranked choice say it gives voters options and prevents third party and independent candidates from spoiling elections. Critics say the system can confuse voters who are accustomed to how elections have always worked in Kansas. Here's Jason Sneed of the Honest Elections Project. Ranked voting makes every stage of the voting process more complicated, so much so that enormous effort must be put into re-educating the public. Both the AI and the ranked choice bills are awaiting action in committee. And in Missouri, a change in the GOP primary for a statewide office as former State Senator Bob Onder announces he'll run for Congress instead. Jason Rosenbaum has more. Onder was running for lieutenant governor, but announced on Friday that he'll run for the congressional seat that includes St. Charles, Jefferson, Boone, Callaway, and Warren counties. He served as a state senator from 2015 to 2023 and frequently clashed with Senate GOP leadership. Onder ran unsuccessfully for Congress in 2008, but he says he's better positioned to run this year. Now I have a record, a long record of conservative accomplishments of being a fighter who listens to the people of his district, the people of the state. Onder joined State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman in the 3rd District GOP primary. Onder's departure still leaves embattled House Speaker Dean Plocker and State Senator Holly Thompson-Rader seeking the GOP nomination for Lieutenant Governor. We'll have more of Kansas City today after this. Kansas City. 
Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. We know we're champions. We push and we push and we always overcome adversity. And we finish that strong. Let's go, KC. Let's go! From your biggest fans at KCUR. This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. It's been a rough start to the year in the Missouri Senate, to say the least. The Republican leadership of that body, led by Senate President Pro Tem Caleb Rowden, have tangled since day one with a group of senators calling themselves the Freedom Caucus. That group has said they have one top goal, making it harder to amend the state constitution. They've held up the governor's appointments and filibustered even the daily approval of the Senate Journal. What they've demanded is priority treatment for legislation that would set a higher bar for ballot efforts like the one that's now seeking to enshrine abortion rights in the state constitution. Rowden stripped away their committee chairmanships, even took away their parking spots. But also last week, the bills that they want seem to be quietly working their way through committee and toward the Senate floor. So what is the Freedom Caucus trying to do? And will they succeed? I talked with Rudy Keller of the Missouri Independent and started by asking him who makes up this far-right group of senators. Well, there are six members of the Missouri Freedom Caucus, and there is Rick Bratton of Harrisonville. Um, then there's Bill Eigel of Weldon Spring. He's a candidate in the Republican uh, for the Republican nomination for governor. Uh, Denny Hoskins of Warrenburg, Warrensburg. He's a candidate for Secretary of State. Andrew Koenig of Manchester, a candidate for State Treasurer. Uh, Jill Carter of Granby in Southwest Missouri, she's in her second year in the state Senate. And Nick Schroer of Defiance in St. Charles County, who is also in his second year in the Senate after serving three terms in the Missouri House. Now, I can't help but notice that three of those six people you mentioned are running for statewide office. It raises the question, these, these priorities they've set forth, especially around initiative petition reform, is it because they are true believers, Rudy? Is this something that's deeply important to them, or is this more about politics? Well, it is something that is um, very important to them. Most of these legislators who have been in office have backed some sort of change in um, how initiative petitions that propose constitutional amendments are approved. But at the same time, they are quite vocal in a lot of ways in the Senate in other ways, and they are definitely being accused by others in the Senate, including people in the primary against some of these folks, of doing it entirely to raise their profile um, for August. So we've covered a lot of uh, what has happened in the conflict between these senators and the Republican leadership of the Senate, uh, calling them swamp creatures, uh, saying they would support expelling them from the Senate at one point. Just how unprecedented and significant have these last couple of weeks been? It is outside of anything that I have in my experience. And I <clears throat> covered the first my first legislative session as a University of Missouri student in 1986. I've seen factions get involved with things in the um in the Missouri House when the Democrats had a narrow margin. I've seen, you know, internal fights where people lose their committee chairmanship from one term to the next because the speaker doesn't like them. But 
I've never seen this kind of purge of members from leadership positions in the Senate because of disagreements within the party that has the majority. And because, at least according to the Senate leadership, because of their behavior, because of the particular tactics they've been using to try to get their way. Right. They have jumped into it upset that they aren't getting what they see as the the right speed on legislation. And the Senate leadership went so far as to create charts that at their weekly news conference, they said that this group has delayed all of these things, including the thing they want most, this uh, initiative petition change on the majorities. They've delayed it as much as two weeks. Now, Crucially, I think, in spite of all the the bad press uh, that that these senators have gotten, uh, there has been some progress, right? They they one of the bills for initiative petition reform that they are championing has been passed out of its Senate committee. Is it fair to say, Rudy, that uh, despite the alleged bad behavior, they're actually getting their way? Well, that's what they'll tell you is that if they hadn't pressured. Um, it wouldn't have gotten this far. But as I said, the leadership says that if they had, hadn't had pressured, it would have gotten much farther. And so you got to test what they've gotten against what they demanded when they began this process. And what they demanded was that the initiative petition change bill be passed out of the Senate and in the hands of the Missouri House before they would allow any of the appointees that or pending from Governor Mike Parson to be confirmed. Well, the Senate has yet to debate that bill Mm -hmm. that would change the initiative petition majority, and all of the governor's appointees have been confirmed. So, you know, we'll let the listeners decide who's winning. Let's talk about the specifics of what they have been advocating for and what seems to be moving forward. They want to reform the way initiatives to change the state constitution get approved by voters. What exactly are they seeking? What are the details of this bill that uh, so far has made its way out of a Senate committee? Every time Missourians have voted on changes to their constitution, um, starting in 1846, the standard has been a majority rule. So if you get 50% of the vote plus one, you then that change is made to the Constitution, and if it fails, it doesn't. What they want to do is have each vote count in two ways. One is in that statewide majority, and that's going to remain the same. Um, you have to get half the vote or more plus one statewide in order for it to um, get over the first hurdle. The second way every vote will be counted is in a kind of a mini election within each Missouri House district. There are 163 of them. And if the majority, 50% plus one, prevails in 82 of the 163 districts and gets the majority statewide, it would be approved for the Missouri Constitution. Now, some people say, hey, it should be hard to amend the state constitution. When you think about amending the U.S. Constitution, it has to have approval from a certain number of states. Uh, what's what's wrong with this plan, according to opponents? Why, why wouldn't you want to say you have to win a majority of House districts across the state? Well, one is um, it's never been done this way 
um, in Missouri. Two, the argument that they'll make is that geographies don't vote. Mm -hmm. um, and there aren't really the same number of voters in each Missouri House district, although there are a very similar number of people. They're well within one to three percent of the same population. So that's the argument that the proponents are making is that this is fair, is that, hey, it's the same number of people in each one of these little areas. We just want to make sure that it's that something has widespread support. The opponents are gearing up to say that what this intends to do is put the control of the election in a small um, hands of a smaller than a majority and prevent things like an abortion rights initiative from winning passage. Ah, so while supporters say this is about democracy, this is about uh, ensuring the integrity of the state constitution, I think you're suggesting, Rudy, that some would say it's about, well, abortion. Yes. Um, there have been um, efforts in other states, um, most, most notably Ohio last year. In Ohio, the Republican legislature rushed to put something on the ballot that would raise the majority statewide needed in Ohio in advance of a initiative that enshrines abortion rights in the Ohio Constitution. Well, voters in Ohio roundly rejected changing their majority. There was famously a, a billboard in which um, was put up that had a score, Ohio State 56, Michigan 44, Michigan wins. Um, and people understood that, and they voted against it. And then they overwhelmingly voted to add abortion rights to their constitution. And that's the what they see happening in Missouri. There, there is a very strong initiative campaign underway. And polling shows that even among Republican voters, this has 30 to 35 percent plus support. So circling back to the situation in the Missouri Senate, we have seen dysfunction in that body now for several years. And it's often been along the lines of this year's where a group of some Republicans uh, are unhappy with the leadership and muck up the proceedings to slow things down or to get their way. Is this simply the way of the future, or do you see any way back for the Republicans, who seem likely to continue to control the, the state Senate for many years to come, is there any way back for them to restore order and uh, make more progress on legislative priorities? Well, there seems to be a faction of the Republican Party um, nationwide, and the free, this Freedom Caucus group is not a homegrown group. There was a Most of these members were who were in office were members of something called the Conservative Caucus a few years ago. But the Freedom Caucus um, organization nationwide has made it its point to be disruptive and to fight with other Republicans over what they see as a lack of purity in their principles and their actions as, as public officials. So until and unless something significant changes, I see this as what's happening in the legislature for a while. That was Rudy Keller. You can read his coverage of Missouri politics at MissouriIndependent.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For all the latest news in state government and politics and everything else going on in Kansas City, be sure to keep up with Kansas City's NPR station online at KCUR.org or on air at KCUR 89.3. Thanks for listening.
You listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.